0: Holy Spirit, Amen. Well, we were we're still in Chapter Twelve of the Letter to the Romans. We got as far as verse eight last time, so we're going to pick up now at verse nine, which marks a a um, slight division in the text. Remember, if if an exhortation. Then in exhorting, sharing in sympathy, the one presiding in earnestness, the one showing mercy and cheerfulness, direct address to the people. Then let love be sincere. You can see he's changing his thought a bit. So the direction of his thought. Now he's going to talk about let love be sincere, detesting what is evil and so forth. And so it's a little division. That's why I stopped last time at verse 8 so we could pick up again here in uh, uh, verse 9 of chapter 12. Let love be sincere. Uh, oh, I lost my Greek text someplace. In the, ah, here it is. Excuse me. See? Yagape um, anipokritos." Let love be not hypocritical. Now, he likes that phrase. You find things like it at times, like in caritate non ficta, in love which is not made up. You know, smiley, smiley, nice, nice, but nothing in the heart. Uh, now what we're going to be having in all these are directions for community life. That's the whole, the rest of chapter 12. It's, uh, now remember his community. He has people coming over from paganism, who are saying, "You Jews were pushed aside to make room for us." He has people on the Jewish side saying, "We've been knowing this stuff for two thousand years, or a thousand years anyway. Uh, now they got to get together; they got to be one community." And you're going to see when we get further on, some people have a very sensitive about their diet. That would be the Jewish people, for the most part. Other people eat any old thing. How are you going to be living together? What are you going to do about that? You see how love has to be, you know, hit the road. You know, it's got to be the rubber hits the road. It's got to be real. And so he begins, you see, let love be sincere, which is non hypocritical, literally in the text, you see, of uh, detesting what is evil. Clinging to what is good. Now that is um, uh, what love is. To detest what is evil. And to cling to what is good. That's agape. And it's now describing life in this diversified community. Remember earlier in the letter we were talking about that, you know. Don't forget you Gentiles that branches were were cut off so you could be grafted in. Be grateful. You know, you're grafted onto a, a thousand year old vine that the Lord has been working with uniquely with you, with the Jews, for a thousand years to get them ready. And now you're walking into this ready made vision of reality and moral teaching. Be grateful. And you, Jews, don't lord it over them, don't be jealous that your prerogatives have been reduced. That's one of the tensions in the community there. Okay. Um, Detesting what is evil, clinging to what is good. And then, it says, you see, uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, what does that mean? It means love for the brothers, right? So, Let there be love for the brothers, you see. Uh, Let it be warm and affectionate. You just don't tolerate one another in a community. There's love and affection. Now, in our mobile society, after all these people lived there maybe three or four generations. We live someplace three or four years. We move on to a new job or get a promotion. And, but the parish is the place where this works out. You know, people in our parishes, they come from all over the world, or they were born right there, and now they have to get along and care for one another. But this is a great pastoral challenge, because people look on what they're doing is they have to go to Mass. I went to mass. Who sat next to him? I don't know. Something wrong with that. You see, we're a, we're a gathering. We're part of the body of Christ. So how do you do that? It's tricky. Some people have like coffee and donuts after mass, and people stay. Not everybody, but some. That's a wonderful practice. Something, so that we care for about one another, and not just. Uh, sit next to one another at Mass, and then go home. And have nothing to do with the parish or the other parishioners till next Sunday. Something wacko about that. It happens in our big, especially suburban parishes. Downtown, a lot of them are still more national parishes, and they all know one another, and they all speak Italian or Polish or something. Out in Disturbia, or suburbia, uh, is a greater challenge. So, be warm and affectionate. I see that, and it's beautiful. And how many people stay chatting after Mass? That's also beautiful to see. And they're looking at one another's children and how they're growing and complimenting each other and the girls are showing off, the women are showing their new dresses. and It's a really beautiful human thing. And I love to see that. You know, sometimes there's as many as 40 people out in front of Mass chatting. That's why it's always good not to have steps too quick because they run down the steps and they run home. Have an esplanade of some kind where people can uh, stay and chat. They're outside church so they can talk but they're not on the bottom of the steps looking for their car. Because, my friends, the Christian life is a life of mutual love and care. It's caring about the people who are in your community. Even though we're very mobile compared to this civilization. You see? So let it be, you see, uh, you know, your love, and then uh, outdoing one another and showing respect. Wouldn't that be something? You know, showing respect. When was the last time you helped an elderly person coming out of Mass? Do you ever look for one? Do you ever talk to one? You see, when everybody lives in the same neighborhood, about two or three blocks in the city, this is Rome, cities, apartment houses, not great, but apartment houses, and um, uh, so they all know one another. We drive three and four miles, maybe more, to get to the parish and we drive three or four miles home and we don't know anybody that's what's got to change and it changes to the degree that the preaching is good that the celebration of the liturgy is good people leave the liturgy then they haven't just gone to mass they have celebrated the Lord's passion and resurrection with the brethren which is the whole point that's why the music is important too so, Paul goes on, an unflagging zeal, fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, fervent in the spirit, uh, zeontes, boiling, on fire for the Lord, on fire for the parish community, on fire for the neighbors. Everybody's got neighbors that don't know what. They're still in bed while we're at Mass. They don't know what to do with somebody. Don't we care about them? Now, in the parish I help out in, about every two or three months, the pastor goes with three or four others, at least to all the non-practicing Catholics, and knocks on their door and invites them to come. Isn't that beautiful? I care about you. I want you there. And you could start then with others. as a whole order. The parish visitators of the Holy Spirit, I think the order is called. The order of nuns. and Their job, they live in the cities obviously, is to go from apartment to apartment, knocking on doors, talking to people, evangelizing them. That's their, their whole order. And they're quite wonderful. Okay. Uh, rejoicing in hope. See, it's hope that gives us joy, right? Hope that gives us courage, too. You know, if you're playing football, it's the fourth quarter, halfway through, and the other team has beaten you 63 to 6, not going to be much exertion on your part. You've lost hope of winning that game. So you're not going to have the same courage. Hope gives courage. So we have hope that the Lord will care for us and the Lord will bring others to join us and the things that are frightening us even the civilization around us you see, the Lord is still the Lord so we can have hope bearing up in tribulations, the next one that's uh, the word thripsis see, ipomenontes, bearing up under That's that's my translation, but it's a good one be constant in prayer. What does constant in prayer mean? A half hour every day at least. You talking to the Lord. Now you can get a book on prayer. You know, you can tell I've given this before. Just take the four parts of the Mass. You know, come in, repentance, uh, reading, praise, intercession first four parts of the mass, So, take ten minutes for each part. Unless the Lord, you know, uh, prolongs. And then, get another time for Bible reading. I promise you, if you were a communist, belonging to the Communist Party in this country, you'd be reading Mao Zedong's little red book, or other, every day. And they'd be checking up on you. We don't check up, but do we read the Bible? You see, uh, constant in prayer, sharing in the needs of the saints. Do we know anybody in the parish who needs help? Yes, we do. You can be discreet about it. You can put it on the. You can give it to Father Jones. who will give it to the Smith family or whatever. But uh, uh, away. That you uh, share in the needs of the saints. And zealous in hospitality. We have people coming to visit the parish. And they need a place to stay for the night. Do you have room? Zealous in hospitality. These are the simple basics of the Christian life. Right? Blocking and tackling. Now, it starts to get a little bit tougher. He starts... See, uh, pray for those who persecute you. Bless them. Evologite. That's tough, isn't it? And now, with government regulations and so forth, and life more inconvenient for us, you see, to uh, bless those. The Lord bless them. Bring them to know you. Let them have happiness in this world and the next. Jesus, Father, forgive them. You see? Bless. Do not curse. Is that easy? No, that can be hard. It can be very hard, depending on how difficult the persecution is. If it's just mockery, that's one thing. If it gets worse, it's tough. Rejoice with those rejoicing. Weep with the weeping. So you can see what attitude he's trying to get. One where you're open to others and love is motivating you. So we'll stop there and then pick up again.